Hi, I'm Cora, and welcome to my podcast, Filmmaking, actually. Ta-da! Um, all right, so in case you haven't heard, there's a little movie out called Top Gun Maverick. I've already seen it twice with my husband. We want to see it a third time. It is probably one of the best movies ever made. But what is it about Top Gun Maverick, and what does one of the biggest studio blockbuster existing IP... Uh, intellectual property, picking up sequels have to do with independent film. As you probably know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm an independent filmmaker. Um, I'm mostly a writer, producer, director, and I generally run Space Dream Productions as the president of the company, overseeing operations and managing the staff and running the different projects and all that. Before working at Space Dream Productions, I have been working in and around film for about 20 years. Um, I've worked on everything from big budget major Hollywood projects to medium sized little indie projects to teeny tiny student films and things my husband and I throw together like over a random weekend in Ohio because we felt like it. Um, I've worked on TV series, feature films, well, all this, a bunch of stuff. I don't need to give you my whole resume. Um, you know, all that's great. What does it have to do with Top Gun Maverick? I promise I'm getting there. I only have my own personal experiences in these areas. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a big fan of like the, we're going to break it down. And it's like, okay, who are you? Were you there? Did you work on Top Gun Maverick? I did not work on Top Gun Maverick. I can just say what I know as a filmmaker. And, you know, I might not know what a studio level producer would, but from the indie side, I wanted to share a couple things. Um, so I do have a whole long episode about what it takes to make a movie, actually. In it, I talk about what type of story you want to tell, if you need to have name actors. I talk a little bit about marketing and distribution and all that. Um, if you want to know more about that stuff in detail, you can go back to that episode. For this episode, I'm going to be mentioning some things from that episode because there are a few select points that I think have pretty much been blown away forever because of this new Top Gun movie. If you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, go see it, ideally in IMAX or ScreenX if you can. No matter if you are an audience member or film watcher or filmmaker, the movie literally is pretty much flawless when it comes to the acting, directing, cinematography, costumes, casting, location, set dressing, stunts, I mean, come on, um, editing, score. Like I said, I've seen it twice already with my husband. We both absolutely love it and agree it is one of the best movies we've ever seen. Also, in case you missed it, at the time of this recording, it has made a billion dollars. I actually don't know how many people understand how much money a billion dollars is. One of our partners here at Space Dream asked me if I understood how much a billion dollars was, and I said it was an absolutely ridiculous amount of money. And he said, if you make $75,000 a day, that's like a pretty nice annual salary, yeah? Every day. $75,000. That's seven days a week, 365 days a year. Every single day, you're making $75,000. I think that's about 30, I think that's about $3,125 an hour, if I did that right. I'm not great at math. But yeah, $75,000 a day, every single day for 35 years. So you're getting paid $3,125 an hour for every hour of the day, every hour for 35 years, you still don't have a billion dollars. Yeah. Now that isn't taking into account leap years because that's just getting into way too much math for a filmmaking podcast and not my point. My point is that $75,000 a day, 365 days a year, 
35 years is less than a billion dollars. That's how much money a billion dollars is. So yeah, that's a lot of money. (laughs) And you know, on paper, Top Gun Maverick should have been just another nostalgic sequel, a la Jurassic World, yeah? But it made a billion dollars. It really is that good of a movie though. Some people may say, well, it has Tom Cruise, that's why. I mean, yes, he's amazing, and I'll get there in a second, but Top Gun Maverick beat out even the best Tom Cruise movie ever before. There's never been a Tom Cruise movie that's made a billion dollars before. My favorite thing when people are surprised that an amazing movie makes a ton of money, like when Black Panther made a billion dollars and there are people who were shocked by this, I'm like, have you seen the movie? Black Panther was also amazing and it's one of the most empowering human messages in the history of ever so needed by humanity to see everything that film had to say and it just cut through everything while being an awesome superhero marvel film and you know all the afrofuturism and women in stem and amazing female characters like all of that but at the end of the day it was also just a powerful powerful story and of course it's marvel so you know it's just a really well-made film except for could do better in the score department i'm just kidding i'm teasing because marvel has reputation for falling short in that area but no even the score on that was pretty good but this is about top gun maverick and why i think it just might save the world of filmmaking especially for indie filmmakers first i'm gonna dive back a little bit into how indie films get funded usually you know they get pitched to distributors or to studios or to sales reps Um, If you're going the sales rep route, the sales rep will tell you, well, I think I can sell that for $3 million, so you probably should make it for $2 million if you want a million dollar profit. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that basically is how it works. They look at a couple of things and put it in like an algorithm and estimate how much it'll sell for, and that's how they give you what your budget is worth, and you take that to investors, and you're like, yeah, this, I can probably sell it for this much money. It is my opinion and actual observation that there is a massive breakdown between the studio and distributor algorithms and what audiences actually want to see. The fact that anyone anywhere in any realm of film production higher up who actually saw Top Gun Maverick and is surprised that it made a billion dollars, or even that it was a big success at all and absolutely did need to be released in theaters first, that just blows my mind. Like, how could you not have seen that coming? It's my opinion, and this is totally just my opinion. I've not like done an actual study on this. It's my opinion, and I should say partial observation. I once was talking to somebody about Twitter and how on Twitter, you know, I don't understand. The percentage of the world that actually uses Twitter is so small. And, you know, you might feel like that's the population of everybody if you're on Twitter, but it's like such a teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny part of humanity that's actually actively using Twitter that I'm like, you know, okay, great, something's trending on Twitter, it's got 150,000 tweets, compared to 7 billion people in the world, that's not a lot of impact. And what that person said is, if I owned a store, or if I'm selling a product, and I had 150,000 purchases, I would, I would be more than happy, that's all I need, I'm done for the year. And I realized, this is just my opinion, I think that film distribution and film sales and algorithms and marketing and all of this stuff up to this point and hopefully this starts to change has largely been in the easiest way to reach enough people to make enough money nobody's looking to shake things up no one's looking to like break the tides nobody's looking to go beyond there's just this sort of 
if x then z so let's just keep doing x and we're going to get z and it doesn't matter that there's an entire universe of people out there beyond that little circle of comfort we know this space we're staying in this space i saw a headline that was talking about squid games and it said something like names don't matter anymore only ability to act does and i was like are you kidding me right now serious serious this is a revel like seriously i mean yeah you know you put a superstar in a movie and a percentage of people will see it because they're fans and they'll see just about anything with that person in it when spacey and i went and saw tenant uh we went to a super small town it was still during the pandemic it was very empty theater there was one other person in the entire theater and it was this guy and he comes up to us and he's like hey do you know what this movie's about and spacey and i are like you literally went to the movie theater and bought a ticket for a movie that you know nothing about we didn't say that we were just like uh you know and tried to explain it as best as anyone can explain the plot of tenant and he was like yeah i just saw christopher nolan man and i i had to come i had to see it i mean that's pretty cool to just know that the name nolan is going to sell a ticket to this guy but i don't know i think that's only a specific percentage of people and i don't know how many people have actually looked at the numbers but just because a celebrity is in a movie doesn't mean it's going to do well. I have seen movies with big celebrity names in them that, for all intents and purposes, should have done amazing. They didn't. But the movie also wasn't that great, which is kind of what I'm getting to. Sadly, studio people and distributors and all that tend to blame it on the rise and fall of the star instead of what actually matters, which is the quality of the film that was made. Top Gun Maverick was a absolutely, totally quality film and it proved a point. People still love good, well-made stories. But it isn't just that the name will sell tickets if you want to go over the top on ticket sales. It's how the film is marketed that also is a huge factor. On the other side of this, there was a remake a couple years ago of a movie called Miss Bala. Um, it was directed by Catherine Hardwick, amazing director. She was the director of uh, 13, and then a little film called Twilight. <laughs> It starred an actress named Gina Rodriguez, who was fresh off a Golden Globe win for her lead role in the hit TV series Jane the Virgin. Miss Bala is another actually amazing movie. I would put it in the near masterpiece of art and acting and directing and filmmaking. It's a little more violent and graphic, but it's also a freaking fantastic movie. Top Gun Maverick is leaps and bounds above because it's pretty much better than everything. But Miss Bala is pretty much above everything any other female-led action movie I've ever seen. It took home about $15 million. Yeah, total. But, but big names sell tickets. Oh, but the distributors are going to say that, well, Gina Rodriguez is a TV name, and you can't put TV names into movies. No one cares about that. Uh, no. Marketing sells tickets, and good films keep selling tickets. You just have to get the film in front of people who are interested in it, Get them to watch it. If it's amazing, they're going to tell their friends. They're going to come back. They're going to watch it again and again and again. They're going to get their friends to come see it. That's how that works. Um, I should say I only knew about Miss Bala because, full disclosure, I was invited to a friends and family screening before it was released. Um, I wasn't able to make it, so I bought a ticket to support it. I had no idea what to expect. That was a pure, I'm buying this out of support. I have no idea what I'm going to go see. But I figured, you know, hopefully it's good. I hadn't seen any marketing for it. No trailers, nothing. I saw it. 
I literally sat on the edge of my seat for the vast majority of that movie, gripping the armrest and holding my breath. I was shocked. There was not like so much buzz about this female directed, female led, super empowering, super awesome. Even without all that, like the lead character was so genuine and authentic and real. And it was just such a fantastic story. I posted in a few female filmmaker Facebook groups raving about it. The response? Um, I did get a couple comments about it being a remake and some issues there. Okay, fine. Separate conversation. Otherwise, almost one for one, people had seen the trailer and it just didn't look that good. I saw the trailer, not into it. Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looks like a, a female 007 or it looks like an attempt at a this or I saw the trailer. Bleh. I hadn't seen the trailer already and seeing those comments, I was like, all right, I've already watched the movie. I'm going to go watch a trailer. What the editorial disaster, Batman. That trailer not only did not represent what the movie was like at all, it was almost actually on the level of one of those reimagined trailers, like turning Silence of the Lambs into a rom-com. If you've never seen that, by the way, look it up. It's hilarious. It's this person who like takes existing movies and like makes, re reimagines the trailer and makes it like into another genre. And it's, it's hilarious. But the marketing for Miss Bala was just a massive, massive failure. It has nothing to do with the fact that Gina Rodriguez is a TV actress and not a big enough name. The marketing for that movie literally sucked. It just did. Maverick proves my point on the marketing because not only did it open with a massive opening weekend, but it topped the box offices week after week after week. Top Gun Maverick has been being promoted since early 2019, I think is when it was first supposed to come out. Even when it wasn't in ad space, it was in headlines for revolutionary stunts, having the actors actually learning how to fly and filming themselves in the airplanes and actually pulling G's and doing all of that for real. Then the pandemic happened and figuring out how to keep going through the pandemic and what that means to the rest of the film world to show that movies still can be safely made. Then the trailers hit and they were pretty much the most intense things ever. So what does that have to do with indie film? When you go to get a film funded, as I mentioned, you may be asked about your names or why is your budget so high when it's like barely a million dollars, which is nothing when it comes to actually paying people fairly for their work, which is another conversation or my favorite. Well, I can only sell that name for this much money. And again, this is the type of things that you hear from people who haven't even seen the script. Like maybe they've heard a sentence or two pitch. Maybe you've told them a little bit about it. They literally haven't even read the screenplay yet. They have no idea and they haven't even seen the film. Nothing. The names are not what is going to sell the movie. The marketing is. And the proof in that is all of these incredible Netflix hits that are coming one after the other with quote, no name actors in them because they're phenomenal. They're amazing and people love them. That's what gets people in the end. Yes, names will get a certain percentage. I've already said that. If anyone tells you that the names don't justify that budget, ask what your marketing budget should be to promote the film at the level that will raise the ticket sales to an amount that justifies that cost. Because I promise you, when making Top Gun Maverick, I'm pretty sure nobody said, well, okay, we have Tom Cruise. Then there's like a few other actors that some people have heard of. And then a bunch of newer actors and a Lady Gaga song. So I don't know, uh, 15 million? Yeah, something like, something like that. That would have been literally absurd. 
you need to know how much it's going to cost for the airplanes and the safety involved and the actual trained pilots who are going to do all the aerial stunts and the training of the actors and the crew and the cast and the travel and the like you need to know like have an actual breakdown of what it's going to take to make the movie at the level that's going to deliver that quality of storytelling top gun maverick proved that with a proper marketing launch you get people in the door and with an amazing film, you get people to keep coming back to the theaters, telling their friends, insisting their friends go see it, watching it again and again on the biggest screens and making a billion dollars. It's hilarious to me how much money that movie has made and how many of my friends haven't seen it yet. I figured a billion dollars, everybody's seen it. No, people have seen it over and over and over again. A lot of people have seen it, obviously, but if like, I wouldn't be surprised if that movie made $2 billion if everybody suddenly went and saw it. So, yeah, marketing can generate interest, but an incredible product is what holds the interest and keeps people coming back for more. And that goes in every field. Another thing is this idea that streaming just needs to be a constant churning abyss of goo that slides forward and people just consume whatever because it's there and nobody cares and movies are a dying art and no. Top Gun Maverick was made for the big screen, and the fact that there was a hard line held there is epic and absolutely monumental. I'm sure there will be a flood of people who watch it on streaming for any number of reasons, and I'm sure there'll be a wave of regret from, you know, some. Seriously, if it is still in theaters near you when you hear this, go see it in a theater if you can. There is going to be some people who watch it and go, oh, man. Um, but, you know... It was made for a massive screen and the full impact of the story doesn't hit the same. We saw it in IMAX the first time and just in a regular theater the second time. And it was a little bit different. It was still amazing, <laughs> though. And that was fought for. You know, that was a line that was held. And we can't all be Tom Cruise. Uh, he earned the power that he has after everything he's accomplished. And in that same vein, stepping down many, many levels to a more recent powerhouse filmmaker, Taika Waititi, he once gave me advice at a Sundance panel where he said, you have to know what is right for your film and you have to fight for it. At the same time, you have to know what you are doing and you have to know what you're fighting for and understand the art and the business and all of that. But fighting to keep Top Gun Maverick in theaters was probably the best move ever from the business side. And then it comes down to the story. It was fun. It was happy ever after. It was high stakes. It was adventures. It was camaraderie without being nationalistic. It was nostalgic and timeless while still being very, very current. The character of Maverick was still flawed as he has always been, even a little ever so much more so. I just go watch the movie. You'll see what I mean. I don't want to put spoilers in here. Putting the actors in actual planes brought a genuine human element that you can't fake in the volume like in the Batman. Um, and for non-filmmakers, the volume is basically... A modern version of like rear projection or even like putting up big paintings like they used to do in the old studios so that you have um, images being put on screens that are then recorded directly in camera so you can do effects and stuff like that basically live. But it's still a form of visual effect um, or just pure computer generated effects like a Marvel movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved the Batman. I love Marvel movies. They're just different and the things I like about them are different. The heart of all the movies that I mention here, Black Panther, Top Gun Maverick, Ms. Bala, those are all movies about people who are very, very, very human, who do impossible things and who face down impossible situations. Like Neil Gaiman says about fairy tales, fairy tales are more than true. 
not because they tell us that dragons exist, but because they tell us that dragons can be beaten. No offense to the good dragons out there, but if you look at the most popular, powerful, successful movies, every single one of them is massively well done from a cinematic standpoint, and at the end of the day, it is about the story. And when you have these like sleeper movies that maybe didn't do so well at first and then become these like cult classics, look at the marketing when it was released. I guarantee you there was massive, massive, massive marketing failure. And the movies probably could have been an even bigger hit if they had been released properly in the first place. At the end of the day, you can market to connect to people, but if you want them to stick around, you have to be marketing something of value. That's why Top Gun Maverick is so powerful because it's so good and because at the heart of it all is an amazingly well-crafted story. That matters to independent filmmakers because it teaches us that yes, marketing is important. Marketing is in our control. It's not an algorithm. It's not something that we have to sit back and cross our fingers and hope we don't get shadow banned on some social media platform and whatever. It's something that we can strategize and prep and plan and work with a professional and work out a strategy and target our audience and actually intentionally reach the people that we want to reach with what we are trying to say. But on the other side of that, what's also important is the quality of our films. Beyond the quality of the films, it teaches us that standing up for the story we want to tell and how we want to tell it is worth something. The studios throwing algorithms in our faces and giving box office predictions and ticket expectations and being shocked that one of the best movies of all times, oh my gosh, it actually broke box office records. What? It just means what we all know deep down in our hearts anyway. The algorithms are broken and computers can't measure the human experience, at least not currently. It's up to us as filmmakers to learn and grow and understand our craft from the story side and the business side and the art side beyond the expectations of the studio system to keep telling stories that matter in ways that matter and connecting with people on the big screen and holding on to our integrity in the process. As an indie filmmaker, that is the example that was set with Top Gun Maverick. And yes, it has all the powers of the studios. It has everything else I said about being nostalgic and being a sequel and tapping into that connection and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's about holding the line. It's about knowing what the right thing is to do going forward. And it's about telling your story. That's why it matters to indie film, because usually it's the indie filmmakers who make choices like that and who stand up for things like that. And hopefully, this is going to be the beginning of at least a very slight shift, if not the beginning of a crack that starts to shake up the Hollywood world, because there are so many amazing stories out there and so many super talented filmmakers who have such incredible things to say, and I think humanity will benefit from it in so many ways. There you go. That's my thoughts on what is so amazing about Top Gun Maverick and how it was released in the world and what that has to do with indie film anyway. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, go watch it. Okay, (laughs) that's it. Bye. You've been listening to Filmmaking Actually with Cora Linda, Space Dream Productions podcast. Subscribe to us on any or all the podcast platforms, but we especially recommend our sponsor, Anchor. If you like what you hear, leave us five-star ratings and positive reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps more listeners like you discover the show. But the best thing you can do if you really like the show is tell a friend. 
Want to leave a comment or ask a question? Email at filmmakingactually at gmail.com. This is Spacey speaking. And do you know who invented the first airplane that would not fly? The Wrong Brothers. Get it? And we'll see you next time.